Welcome to Hey Yes, but Hi. Welcome. Hello. Today, we're answering a question that we got from one of our fans um, on Twitter. We're answering the question of how we all uh, met each other. Yeah. Um, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> uh, we don't remember. We don't all remember exactly. I um, was going through it a little bit. Uh, like, I remember, I think we all became friends by proxy of just up. going to Mike's at about the same time in Huntsville. But yeah. the one night I remember really interacting with you guys the most was at Maggie's and like me and some people I think Travis was in this group we were standing around talking about Fight Club for some goddamn reason and Ari because I was I was a little tipsy and I think the rest of the group standing was Ari definitely was a little tipsy <laughs> and came up and was like I don't know what like, you're talking about I've never touched the devil's drink in my life <laughs> yeah, you were a, I don't even you know a, what alcohol is for I'm kept in a hole in the ground <laughs> and mother only feeds me corn fucking, and yeah. rye bread <laughs> Corn-based whiskey and, and rye whiskey and vegan butter. Yeah. Do you remember what you said? Do you remember what your first words to me were, Ari? I don't even remember this happening at all. And at this point, I'm kind of convinced that you dreamed this. No, this fucking happened. Okay. Well, yeah, I do believe you. Yeah, you were like, "Fight Club was about gay sex," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it is." Okay. This is how I know I was drunk because I don't think Fight Club is about gay sex. Um, Chuck Palahniuk has said that it is, and so that's why I was like, "You're that's completely valid." Well, yeah, and it, like, isn't all of Fight Club just a metaphor for a homosexual relationship? I yep. mean, yeah, uh, yes. Oh, it's more so is... in the book. <laughs> it's more so in the book. Yeah, it is. This well, is yeah, real, real complicated. But this is neither hither nor tither. But all I'm saying is, those were your first words to me, and I was like, and... you know what? I like the cut of your jib. Just what? out the gate with it. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I mean, that does sound like something I would do and say, especially if I'm very drunk, so appropriate. It may be um, sexual sex, not gay sex. That's my bad. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> um, there is definitely a queer reading of Fight Club. Mm. I... I follow the school of like it, things can have multiple meanings and also the author is dead who gives a shit what they say about their you know work that's fair I feel like when, if you put something into print like that or to be consumed in such th that matter or manner <clears throat> it's up to the reader really mm -hmm. I mean I feel like the writer gets some say to an extent but they don't get final say um, I think that all art is collaborative, and I believe that there can be different interpretation, interpretations and different meanings read into stuff. Yeah. Um, some of it not intended by the author, and some of it definitely, like, intended. Like, for example, I actually read Ender's Game as a sort of, like dark queer coming of age story which i know for a fact that orson scott card did not intend to do oh yeah he's like super against that reading isn't he he is very homophobic 
and definitely did not write any queer subtext into his in into the into the Ender's Game series. Um, I mean, like obviously, people have taken a bunch of stuff they've done on Supernatural and just sort of run with it and mm-hmm. interpreted a bunch of different meanings. So you know, this is I'm definitely not alone in this. Uh, queer readings for everything. <laughs> um, that being said, I definitely think speaking of like some uh, like a popular franchise that often gets a sort of queer theory uh, reading laid onto it that I definitely think was on purpose. I think the Matrix was meant to be read as a trans yeah. allegory. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and that is a hill I will die on. Like, didn't the Wachowski sisters confirm that the red pill is the red pill because that's what the color of estrogen pills was in the 90s? That I don't... Oh, okay, yeah. I mean... I'm fairly certain that they've come out and said that. I I know that that's at least a historically accurate uh, thing about estrogen pills in the 90s, but I'm pretty sure that that's why the red pill is the red pill. Right. Which makes it even more hilarious when fucking edgelords are like, I've been red-pilled. Yeah. <laughs> you taking your titty pills, baby? <laughs> <clears throat> you taking your HRT, baby? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, okay, so I think this conversation has proven that I definitely had that first interaction with Ben. Like, that was a thing, even though I do not remember <laughs> it. From my perspective, Ben, we became friends because we added you to our comedy anime group chat that is what i wanted to get to oh yeah that too yes (laughs) so um there it was uh two other people and then uh it started with um just me and travis and two of our other friends well it was also elliot yeah um Mm -hmm. who has been on the show and will yes who has also been on the show before but not as a guest as yeah, a, he was a voice in a, in a skit. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, like, got super drunk at an open mic one night and just got on a super long conversation about anime, and we formed a group chat out of this <laughs> uh, love of talking about anime. And it used to be, in, like, an incredibly popular group chat. Like, I would wake up to hundreds of texts Oh yeah, from uh, other people in the chat, and eventually we added Ben to it too. That's how you know. Oh yeah, now when I used to work at a pizza place, I would have to put my phone on silent, just because every once in a while there would be a huge yeah blow up in conversation. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was the first group chat that I ever had to like put on mute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was one specific time where I was like trying to take a nap and my phone would go off like every 20 seconds yeah it was um definitely a very interesting time it was really the first group chat that i was a part of um so yeah the first kind of big group chat i was in as well yeah um but we added ben to the group chat because you started commenting a little bit after um yeah. Travis and I did. I would say that um, of the three of us, I actually started comedy first. You did. And Mm -hmm. then Travis joined a couple months later. And then um, shortly after that, you started doing comedy as well. Yeah. And I don't think I was there for either of y'all's first open mics. Uh, 
You might have been. Because I my first open mic was after a um it was after a show that oh what's his name? Oh Keith Bergman? Dustin Meadows was uh, on it. This is how long it's been. Do you remember the show? <laughs> it was it was a uh, TGIM. Oh god, that show doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, yes it and, does. Never mind. Um, oh shit. <laughs> It was a TGIM, and it was Justin Meadows and another guy from Ohio. I can't... I'm, like, absolutely blanking on his name. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway. Um, but Tara and Scott were also on that show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... Well, maybe you came in after like during the mic but i feel like i remember seeing you it's possible um i don't remember it i really only remember my own first open mic and one because it was mine and two because somebody pulled his dick out on stage oh Uh, yes so that that time yeah um comedy you know what's wild is i met that guy in a I met that guy in entire in an entirely separate like situation. Yeah. And then when he told me that he used to do comedy and then I put his name and the fact that he used to do comedy together and I was like, "Oh. Someone you're did that a thing. person." Yeah. Um comedy is fun is what we're saying. Cuz you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. Go up on stage yeah. and you could just see a bunch of shitty jokes. Could see some dude's penis. Yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. Um. Be, be ready to not look for forwards is what we're getting at. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <clears throat> how did like you and Ben kind of become friends? Uh, I guess just by proxy being in the in the group chat, um, going to mics and shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah going to mic, just hanging out at mics. Hmm. I'm sorry these answers aren't very interesting. We're actually incredibly boring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's yeah. uh here's how Ari and I like started being friends, which I I I'm pretty sure we've told this story before. But uh I think I think we kind of like knew who each other like we we kind of knew each other by being in the scene. Mhm. But I think we were talking after a show um, at Low Mill that Evan was on. It was the all it was the all woman show, right? Oh yeah, I was at that show. And then we were talking after it, and you were like, "Hey, do you want to hang out sometime?" And then you wrote my number down wrong. No, you gave me the wrong number. <laughs> no. no, you wrote it. And down I wrong. texted some guy, and he was like, "Oh no." You got rejected. Oh, uh, this is sad. This is what happened to me. And I was like, I did not get rejected in a romantic sense. It was a friendship <laughs> rejection. <laughs> this is a friendship thing. And then like six months later, I was like, hey, fucker. And I kicked a table over <laughs> and I like flipped over all the tables and you were like, I got some farm fresh eggs. And I was like, I don't care about those. And I knocked them to the ground. And <laughs> then I invited you over to my house. Yes. Um, and I punched you in the face. 
And I was like, we're going to make souffles with this bitch. And we made some terrible souffles that did not rise at all. And we watched the greatest movie of all time. If footmen tire you, what will horses do? A quaint little tale (laughs) about communists taking over America and killing all the Christians. (laughs) You know how... (laughs) You know how bed knobs and broomsticks is about how Germany <laughs> tries to invade Britain. Yeah, yeah. And it and it get and they get uh, fought off by a witch and her like magical armor men. Mm-hmm. If footmen tire you, what will horses do? Is like that, but it's Christian propaganda. <laughs> I am begging y'all to look up the trailer to a footman tire you what will horses do because it's not an official this movie is like from the 70s it's not an official trailer it's just like a scene from the movie but this scene is of this child being asked to deny like jesus christ is his lord and savior and then this communist man uh cuts his head off and it is the (laughs) it is hilarious like I 10 plus plus would highly recommend and the communist accent is so fucking ridiculous if I'd seen the movie recently I would maybe be able to like do it properly but I just don't think I just don't think I can do it it's it's Russian through the lens of somebody who who barely knows that Russia is a country who has it's heard Russian of Russia through the lens of a Southern Baptist? Yes, it really is. It's it's Russia. If Russia was like on a different planet, not Earth, it's hilarious. Um, the movie is only like it's very. It's not a very long movie. I think it's like forty five minutes long. Highly recommend getting drunk and watching it because it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, Ten plus plus would recommend. And, uh, you know, maybe you can form some friendships out of watching it together. Damn right. Mm-hmm. Why do we watch our shittiest movies together, Stone Cold Sober? Like, why do we never get drunk and watch these? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I feel like we have to talk about them afterwards sometimes, and that's why we can't anymore. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I do think I think at some point we just need to take a little vacay and get real shitty and watch some like some hot garbage. And not, like, have to talk about it. I want to watch something on the level of Devour and be drunk as hell. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, Just get real sideways. God, remember not having to talk about things? (laughs) I don't regret having to talk about things. It's just, yeah. Remember being able to watch something that wasn't supernatural or supernatural adjacent? (laughs) What what were those things like? Oh, be careful with this media you consume. You're going to talk about it on your podcast that 10 people listen to. So, yep. yeah. Um, would you guys like to... I, okay, so I actually would like to watch... I have to complain about, like, LGBTQ films because there are some good ones nowadays, but when I was growing up, it was rough. Slim uh, pickings. Slim pickings. And what we had was not great uh but like when i was young i watched it because this is the only queer representation i was gonna get yeah um pretty much ever and uh 
I think I think if I had to be like the best queer movie of my youth, I would say, but I'm a cheerleader. I watched that one when I was probably about 15 years old. And that's like a classic um, lesbian movie. It's got RuPaul in it. It's got Clea Duvall in it, who is just uh, like a lesbian icon. Um, mm-hmm. Although I will say I was very disappointed um, because she actually... Uh, you guys have probably heard of it happiest season yes so oh i watched that yeah i i watched it too it was a christmas movie that that came out in 2020 about Mm -hmm. about uh it was a lesbian christmas movie um like when there aren't a lot of those that are mainstream so that was I mean, that was really fucking awesome, right? Um, it was not great. And it was actually written or and directed by Clea Duvall. And I was kind of shocked to learn that because, you know, she, she, I, I guess I kind of expected better. You know, because yeah. she's, she's a, really a lesbian. It's got a star-studded ca- uh, cast. Fuck. It's got a great cast. And, like, like Kristen Stewart is fucking awesome. Aubrey Plaza's in it. Honestly, yeah. Throughout the whole movie, Kristen Stewart and Aubrey Plaza had more chemistry in their scenes yeah. than Kay Stewart and Duvall did. I... Like, just straight up. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so the movie is about Kristen Stewart is going home for Christmas with her her girlfriend who she's been with for, like, two years at this point, right? She is considering proposing to her. She plans on going home, meeting the family for the first time, and asking her girlfriend's dad for, like, permission, you know, very, like, basically his blessing, not permission, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, very like heteronormative yeah. sort of thing. Um, and on the way there, K-Stu's girlfriend admits to her that, in fact, not only does her family not know they're dating, but she act- they, she's not even out to them. And they think that K-Stu is just like her straight orphan roommate and they are yeah. all incredibly conservative. <clears throat> Her dad's a politician. And like if if they come out, it's gonna cause like this huge problem. And so Case has to go and pretend to be, you know, straight and not in love with this woman. And I don't have a problem with the fact because coming out is fucking awful. Mm-hmm. I would never recommend anyone come out. Well, hold on. I said that wrong. I meant, ah! And I was like, that was a joke. I was like, I'm setting up a joke. And I was like, no, this is a terrible message. <clears throat> I'm going to backtrack because there are some youths that listen to this show. Again, stay in school. Don't do drugs. Keep yourself safe. Blah, blah. All of my youth's disclaimers. Okay. 
coming out can be a wonderful, self-affirming thing if you are in a position where it's safe to do so. If you're not, if you're underage, if you're still looking to your family for support, if it's unsafe, if you will lose your job, there is nothing wrong with staying in the closet. I hope that one day you reach a point where you can come out and it's like awesome and you're celebrated for being you and you're able to live your best life. But there is a downside to coming out and that is you're gonna have to do it for the rest of your life. Every new person you meet, everywhere you go, every job you have, and you can be chill about it. Um, that is not me. I am not chill about anything, but it is possible. I've seen other people do it. Uh, but because we live in a society that is very heteronormative and cis heteronormative, you know, <clears throat> and cis normative, once it's not going to be like a one time thing and everybody knows now and it's done, it's, it's the rest of your life. Um, and the right time to do that is different for everyone. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, at all. I personally don't enjoy coming out. I did it when I was 18. I came out as a lesbian. And then I was like, oh no, this guy kind of looks like a sexy Muppet. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Maybe I'm attracted to men now. And that happened when I was like 25. And it's just, um, it's not an A to B thing. Figuring out your gender identity and your, and your sexual, uh, your sexuality is not like a straight road, you know? Um, and it can be very complicated and it can be very painful. And I don't have a problem with the fact that Harper is the girlfriend's name in the movie. Harper is not like out to her conservative family who will not be happy with the fact that she's a lesbian. I do have a problem with the fact that she doesn't communicate that with her girlfriend and then kind of forces her back into the closet. And then yeah, acts I think really shitty to her like the entire movie. People were, like, goofing on this movie for being a coming-out story, and yeah. that's, like, its own thing. But I think the I think the focal point got shifted to that when the focal point should have been a very, like, out person having to go back into the closet. Right. Like, that With should no have been warning. more of the focus of the movie. Right, yeah. Um... And then you add into the mix that Aubrey Plaza is this, like other lesbian character and her and Case do have amazing energy. And the entire time I was like, run away, Case do get out of there, man. Like, I just was like, take Aubrey Plaza and yeah. go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's on Hulu and I know it's not Christmas anymore, but watch it for yourself and see what you think. And um. I definitely do understand the argument, Travis, though, of like, okay, we want a queer movie that's not about coming out because a lot of queer movies are about specifically like que what I would call queer storylines. So mm -hmm. coming out, AIDS is a big one, although that was mostly like the 90s and 2000s. You don't see that as much anymore. 
Yeah. Typically, queer movies are about being queer. Oh, marriage. Marriage is a huge thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, or just like queer culture in general. And you see a lot of people who are like, I want a queer lead of something that they're just, it's just the story is about something else. Like maybe they, you know, fight giant mecha in space Mm. and also just happen to be gay. And Mm -hmm. I do think that there's definitely a, like, okay, so, um, I think that there's a lot of queer narrative that can be explored in metaphor um, while also having explicitly queer characters and it not being about one of the accepted queer storylines. And I would definitely like to see more of that as well. So. They're really for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to me, it's a representation thing. Like, I would have no problem, and just a quantity thing. Like, I would have no problem with, you know, a hundred coming out movies if there were also just more variety. Yeah. If if every movie wasn't Happiest Season or I don't fucking know Love Simon or whatever. Not that those mm-hmm. aren't good movies. Like, not that there aren't good coming out movies. It's just like when it's every single one. It's like, okay, we get it. Yes, this is part of the queer experience, but it's not the only part of the queer experience. Can we move on yeah. to something else? So, anyways, thanks for letting me have my little my little gay rant. <laughs> Sorry that took up so much time. Quota met. Oh boy. I don't even remember how we got onto this subject. I think I was like, I just want to talk about gay movies for a minute, and y'all just got to oh. sit through it. <laughs> oh, because we were talking about watching stuff without having to review it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, here's a bad movie I watched recently that I was for some reason so before. Happiest season. What the <laughs> fuck is up with that? So. Oh, that's right. Being sober for bad movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of being sober for these movies. I want to be drunk. <laughs> I want to be drunk, and then I want to talk about the subtext in Fight Club. <laughs> other, I mean, other Jeff Polinick books. It doesn't all have to be Fight Club, but we'll do other Chuck Polinick book title. Fucking uh, hell. Fight Club Fight 2. Bub. Lullaby. There we go. There you go. <laughs> the hilarious thing is I used to be a huge Chuck Polinick fan, and I read so many of his books and could not remember the title of a single one of them five club for a minute okay <laughs> it's fine all right are you ready to move into the episode proper yeah uh i think so all right travis the next episode is called bitten bitten what is it about? Sam and Dean. Allegedly. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to go. I'm going to say the thing. I'm going to say the thing that we're all thinking. I I know that everyone is thinking this and I'm going to go ahead and say it just to get it over with. Sam and Dean get bored. <laughs> were what we all thinking them? that? Yeah, well, I was. Yeah, we were. All of us. Oh, everyone bitten. here. We were all. 
Okay. No, I'm I'm there now. Yeah, we're a Vor and Let Vor podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Travis, I don't know if that's going to happen, and I sure as shit hope it doesn't. Let's find out and then talk about it in a normal amount. In order now. Hell yeah. back yeah, yeah baby so this episode was like kind of cool and different mm. was, it, was it though <laughs> <laughs> i i got i mean right, okay Travis, hang on this Tra- Tra- this episode no. came hang on this episode came <laughs> out in 2012 which i think if if my if my meme memory is correct was Slenderman not like super huge at that time? Slenderman was fucking uh, what the guy? It was um, what was that other found footage film? Not Blair Witch. Marble Hornets. No, before that, like it was an actual like huge release of like the giant monster attacking like New York City. Cloverfield. 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 Yeah. Cloverfield. Uh, it was like that was really like those kind of shits were really in the zeitgeist. So I'm not surprised that Supernatural threw their hand in the ring. And I really, I, that's what I love about this episode. It is the storytelling al- uh, elements that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. But you know what I don't goddamn like? Found footage. Well, I don't like found footage, but specifically about this episode, I don't like everything else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, so basically, you like the way the story was told. You just hate everything else that w- that it was about. I hated the story, yes. <laughs> ah. I will go ahead and say, um, I will give Supernatural props for doing something different. Um, yeah, see, that yeah. was my main thing. It's like, yeah. oh my god, they're doing something that's not the formula. Yeah. That was it was really like, cool. thank God. But see, they have done a found footage episode before. Mm-hmm. Ghost um, Facers. Ghost Facers, yeah. yes. I wish they would have just fully ripped off of the X-Files and did a cops episode. Oh, man. For this, that would have been cool as shit. And not focused on Katie, Bryant, and Michael. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, I okay. So before we started recording, Ben actually asked me if I remember this episode, and the only thing that I remembered about it was when I originally watched it a couple years ago. I was like, "Oh, Brian kind of looks like Justin Long." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I told Ben this, and Ben was like, "You just think that because you think all white men look alike." Well, I, I, I did say that. Then I was like, you know what? This kid does have black hair and pale skin, just like Justin Long. And just he also like... had giant fake walrus tusks. <laughs> okay, so the other thing is I was suit. like, okay, when I watch this episode, I watch Tusk around the same time. And I think that's just what... <laughs> I think that's what happened. Oh, that movie uh... is... Oh, boy. That movie is. <laughs> that movie's a thing. You, 
I know people who either love that movie or they hate that movie. I'm somewhere in the middle. I like parts. I hate most of it. But I think I like the way it was made and what brought it about. But sweet Christ, I never want to watch that movie again. Yeah. Uh, I love horror movies. And body horror, especially, is really cool. But that one just felt too real. It's, um... It's the fact that the kid from The Sixth Sense, like, cheated on Justin. Like, he broke up that dude's marriage that's oh. what i don't like about that movie it's not so much oh. that he gets turned into a fucking waff- it's been out for 10 years i don't care about spoilers uh <laughs> have you ever seen tusk travis uh-uh i have no idea what y'all are talking about okay uh, it's, a, it's a kevin smith movie yeah so, it's a horror comedy film it, oh. it's very light um, on the comedy very erect on the horror I would also go ahead and say <laughs> very, very, to borrow a turn of phrase from Ben, very erect on the uh, tragedy. Very oh, sad yeah. movie. Oh, yes. It is a very sad movie. And it is about Justin Long, who is a podcaster, mm-hmm. going to Canada to interview this, like, eccentric all right, so who is know. in love with a walrus? The fucking epic mealtime guy is in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's in it for like two parts. Harley Morenstein is really, or Morenstein is really funny yeah. in both of the scenes that he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so do you guys know what brought this movie about? I couldn't even imagine. Right, I got you. Don't oh. worry, Uncle okay. Tyke's got you. Uh, take a knee. And we got this. Annie Hoosel. So Kevin Smith has a podcast. It's like the Oddcast podcast, I think. Or it's like it's some other name having to do with View Askew, uh, Kevin Smith's movie company. And they found this Craigslist article or a Craigslist sale page out of Canada for a buy a rent kind of deal. And it was this long fucking post. And basically what it boiled down to, it was this older man, this older gentleman who was like, I have a room to rent. You pay zero dollars a month for rent and you can stay for as long as you want if we hit it off and we have good chemistry. And he was like explicitly throughout this, he peppers in like nothing sexual, nothing untoward, nothing like that. But he's like, the only thing you have to do for me, he's like, not on command, but fairly regularly, I'm going to need you to wear a walrus suit, not a walrus costume, a walrus suit. Where you will be a walrus with uh, tusks, a mustache, uh, like the whole shabizzle. Like we've you will seen be Vladimir a walrus Ilyov. before, so I think we. Oh no! It's oh, just we got it. The, it's to nail this shit home because it's yeah. like five sentences of this fucking thing where the guy's like, "You're going to be a walrus, and we're going to have a conversation." Because it's very much like a Captain Ahab and the White Whale. But mm-hmm. instead of like hunting the whale down, it's the guy just wanting to have a conversation with the walrus. And basically, that's kind of what the movie is. It's basically if Kevin Smith went to Canada to interview this real man that posted this thing and then gets turned into a walrus because the guy's like, hey, you have a mustache just like a walrus. I'm going to turn you into one. What? Yeah. Yeah. And so the guy that 
like has the house uh, emotionally and mentally abuses the absolute fuck out of Justin Long and makes him believe that he is a walrus. Anyways, let's not watch this movie ever again. Yeah, no, there's a reason why I'm like, I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> have you seen, you know, okay, have y'all seen Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you know, at the end of the first Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared episode, everybody's like, let's never be creative again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel about Tusk. All right. Great. Uh, it cool. Is a, is let's never do watch. this again. It is a downer to talk about. It is, um... It is a disgusting movie. I mean, you know what? This yeah. is actually a good segue into kind of one of the things I want to talk about this episode. So, um, <laughs> top of the string. I'm going to connect it. <laughs> I was like, Tusk is, I think Tusk is a disgusting movie, and I've seen Human Centipede. Yeah. Oh, man. I hate the movie Human Centipede. Hey, we don't need to talk about what the plot of Human Centipede is. You already know. <laughs> You know yeah, what human sentiment is title. about. Yeah. Um, I hate that movie because I read an interview with the director who was like, this movie is a critique of hyper-violent, like our hyper-violent, hyper-sexual culture. Mm -hmm. Sir, I've seen your movie. It is not a critique of that. It is a product of that. Yeah. This is the danger of satire. Sometimes you satirize something so well, no one knows it's a satire. And mm -hmm. that's bad. Yep. Uh, yeah. I am 95% sure this episode, um, Bitten, is meant to satirize found footage films. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. In the attempt, it turns out they just kind of made a found footage episode, and it is... Um, I feel like this town's water supply has dumb bitch juice in it. I... See, I actually... One of the things that I found very believable about the episode were the college student characters. So, um, this is not... This is a Sam and Dean light episode. They are barely in it that is, um, that is something i wrote down i wanted to talk about they are replaced by michael katie and brian brian is a film student michael and katie are his friends who are dating kate not katie um they're super dumb yeah yeah but like believably dumb like i can see it do we just want to run through the breakdown and then just start ripping this episode apart absolutely okay sure do you want to do the breakdown ben you never do it all right so it's kind of opens with sam and dean like busting into this house and then finding a laptop with play me on it and I did think it was cool how, like, it was very nostalgic because I remember when everybody had iPhones and everybody wanted that little iHome to, like, jam their shit into to jam out mm -hmm. to. I thought that mm -hmm. was cool. And I really enjoyed, and I've talked about this before, or, like, in this episode, I enjoy what I want to describe this episode as is taking 
a Corvette engine, an LS6 engine, and putting it into a beat-up Ford Pinto. Because the engine <laughs> that they chose to tell the story with is amazing. The story that they chose to do it with is dog shit. But any hoozle. So Sam and Dean find this laptop with Play Me on it, and then it zooms in, and we see Michael being filmed by Brian, and they're having a chat in a restaurant, being turds, as college students are wont to be. And they start macking on these girls, and this one girl like starts throwing heat back, her name is Kate or Katie. Uh, she has a very young, I wish to speak to the manager haircut. And she is very flirty with Michael. Annie Hoozle, we jump forward a little bit. And like we see some bullies outside. Everybody's being called an asshat. Uh, a camera is, is the one casualty. It's the first blood we see is yeah. a dickhead <laughs> knocking over a camera and like we keep like going forward in time and apparently like there's a monster or something killing people in the night and let's see fucking we find i think michael carries i don't because we only see the story through the camera so he has to carry it with him when he goes into the woods and he gets attacked because i remember brian finding him and bringing him home covered in blood. Kate is calling 911. But as like they get his shirt off, uh, the wound is just healed. And he's covered in blood. Mysteriously healed. And like they... they I kind of remember this in bits because I watched the episode last night. And fucking... So they go to like this other crime scene like that happens like later in the same day. And they see Sam and Dean, and they start making, like, really homophobic jokes about them. Like, the whole episode, they keep doing it about them. And it's just like, we get it, guys. Yeah. I wanted to call this episode Exhausted Tropes, the episode. Because that's what this is. Like, every, like, dialogue or every piece of dialogue, it was just, we get it, guys. You'll it was around it. this point where I was like, okay, I'm okay with these kids dying. Exactly. Like, Fuck. you know what? Mm. You can kill them. Yeah. But apparently, like, something's going around and ripping hearts out of people. And they, the kids don't know what it is yet. And then uh, they start, like, doing, like, dumb kid shit. And Michael uh, rips a door off its hinges, picks, the, picks Katie up, like, one-handed, like, something calls himself a golden god, which I think they beat... Uh, always sunny in Philadelphia to doing. If uh, I yeah, I right. think they did too. Is yeah. that not a um? That's a reference. Yeah. Uh, fucking what's his name from Always Sunny calls himself a golden god because he has crazy narcissistic tendencies. No, that's a reference for from Almost Famous. All right. Uh, I have not seen that movie. Apparently, I should. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. But any hoozle. So that happens. And then Brian keeps pestering Michael about turning him into a werewolf. Like being like, he wants to see what he sees. He wants to feel what he feels because Brian is a little dorky nerd, dude, little spindly. Like when compared to like Justin Long, it's a very fitting kind of deal both like tiny small dudes probably get pushed around a lot and like that happens i'm sorry 
but uh, Michael, bigger kind of guy, probably football, basketball kind of guy, maybe baseball in size. And Brian just keeps pestering the fuck out of Michael. And Michael's like, you do not want this. Uh, please, you do not want this. And so a fight happens. Michael takes trash like to the road to set it next to the road, which I guess they do in Canada because they don't have trash cans. They just set it on the side of the road. If you and, listen to the show in Canada, please confirm. Do y'all have trash cans? Please, please do. <laughs> you need us to send you some trash cans. Yeah. We'll disinfect them before we send them. But then we jump cut to these bullies that we had seen earlier being like, something's attacking the streets. We, we as manly men have to go out and defend these streets. We have to def- defend our women and shit. And uh, they they split up with like baseball bats and hockey sticks because this is Canada, and they go <laughs> they start like running around and one of them sees Michael and just starts pestering him, and then like the guy like turns the camera and turns away like points the camera at himself to talk shit and looks away and then looks back and Michael is gone and it's like. Can werewolves travel faster than light? Because there's no sound made. <laughs> Clearly, like he didn't see him move. He just fucking vamooses. And that is something that happens a lot in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just like instantaneous travel. And I'm like, I'm not familiar with that being a part of werewolf culture or like lore. You know what I'm saying? Lycanthropes, mm-hmm. please reach out to us and let us know if you can <laughs> yeah. travel. If you're a lycanthrope who listens to the show, yeah, please. <laughs> Please Reach contact out. us. Yeah, fuck. Um, <laughs> I think it was supposed to be like they're moving so much faster than regular humans that it looks like teleporting, like some Dragon Ball Z level shit. Oh, okay. That's exactly what it felt like. It didn't feel like werewolf shit. It just felt like FTL travel. Fucking Nightcrawler shit from X-Men. But any hoozle. So the bully, like... He antagonizes Michael, starts saying that he's going to go find his lady and, like, show her a good time, what a real man can do. And then he gets his just desserts, which is fitting. Everyone deserves to die in this episode. (laughs) And so he comes back home covered in blood. Brian and Kate are visibly shaken because any normal person would be. If, like, your roommate came home covered in blood, you'd be worried about it. Mm -hmm. And... So we see Sam and Dean at the site. I think Brian finds them and then comes back and says, hey, we need to follow those FBI guys. And then they go to a restaurant. I I hope I'm doing this right. And um, they go to a restaurant, set up a secret camera and a microphone. And I wrote down a big note which says, why the fuck are Sam and Dean talking about this dumb shit at full volume in a goddamn restaurant? Right. Like, are they, did they, that, did they go to the one? That shopping? security camera in that fucking, like, Denny's has amazing audio. What oh, yeah. Every, every camera in this episode has, like, dead-on audio shotgun microphones. Yeah, despite the what? fact there are no microphones out, like, that we see, yet it is crystal clear, pitch perfect. No fucking audio. No yeah. static. No. You could hear, hear a fly fart from across a football field. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Jesus. But yeah, so they find out that they start talking about uh, werewolf alphas and like how far away from like you are is how strong you are. 
And like, we're going to put a pin in that because I want to circle back around to that and talk about something that happens later on. Mm-hmm. And so Brian, after this, and then Michael finds out that he's a werewolf, tries to process it. It's very heavy shit. Uh, it's like it's like dealing with the I don't know what any who's on. They deal with that. Brian tries to find what turned Michael. And it turns out that it's like the English teacher and it's some kind of professor at the school. Right. And Brian like goes up to him and like, he's like, I know what you are. And like, I want you to turn me and shit. And the professor's like, I didn't give a shit that I turned to Michael. He slept through my class. I was hungry for something real. I can't eat animal hearts to sustain myself anymore because I fucked up and accidentally ate one. And he's like, no one was going to miss Michael. He's a dumb shit. He's a piece of shit. No one gave a shit about him. Brian was like, I'd care. Michael's my best friend. It's like, come on, man. Just come on. (laughs) Have some chill, Brian, my guy. Dude. And then, like, we see this as Brian is telling Michael and Kate about it. And Brian pulls out a silver knife on the teacher and gets the teacher to bite him, to turn him. And as we see Brian fight the teacher, we see Michael fight Brian. And they have a little quick, like, werewolf off and Michael gets, I think Brian bites him too hard or something, which, I mean, you got to respect somebody's limits. You know, when it comes to kink play, you got to have some chill. You got to realize when you, somebody needs to stop. Boo. Sorry. Put and, it in the jar. Boo. <laughs> and Kate is visibly shaken and Brian turns her. And then, like, Kate has a little breakdown in the bathroom and then, like, collects herself, opens the door and says, I see what you see, Brian. I see your point. I got you, dude. And Brian's like, oh, awesome. We're going to live forever. And then Kate kills him and then leaves. And then we see, like, Sam and Dean have their, like, little quick breakdown about, like, what happened. Debrief. Dean is like, you know what? I say we let her give, like, we give peace a chance with this lady. She deserves it. And Sam is like, okay, that's highly unlike you. It's cool to see some growth. That's awesome. It's good to see Dan, uh, Dean growing. And that was a note I put down. And Sam was like, if she, if she's, we'll keep an eye out for her. If she steps out of line, we'll gank her. And Dean's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And cause I remember at one point they like cheese on fucking Dean for saying awesome a lot. And then he gets like a small complex about it. And then they, uh, drive off to like wherever the hell else they go. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a lot. There was basically like nothing that happened. And then everything happened. Yeah. Because, really to me one of the big moments of note was at the end when they see that they all became fucking werewolves and then Kate the survivor leaves and then Dean is like well 
I guess she hasn't any kill, killed anyone yet. Yeah, she's like the only one that hasn't tasted blood. Yeah. Like human blood. Well, because, she kills uh, Brian, but they make a point of being like, well, anyone human at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, but she killed Brian with a silver knife. She didn't. Yeah. Bite him. She didn't. Yeah. Oh no, she she werewolves him to death. That she goes all where. I mean, oh don't wait, see yeah, it. she did. I yeah. I was thinking about the professor. Uh, you're right because he's like painted on the wall. Yeah. Um. I okay. So. This episode has some things that make me question things. Um. There's a big, this episode kind of like tries to class it up a little bit and it, but in a way that feels very much like babies first, like the reason why I think this might've been a parody is that found footage films tend to have, I mean, in the fact that they're found footage, but also in the writing tend to have a sort of like amateur quality to them. Yeah. That is not to say it's bad, but it feels very babies first script. Yeah. Uh, that's why, to me, Michael, Brian, and Kate are the stockiest of stock characters. The conversations they oh, have yeah. feel very rote to me. And then the way they try to give it some, like, extra meaning is through a Lord of the Flies metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, question also, the use of Lord of the Flies there, though. Uh, the I Am a Golden God reference, or you are right, it is a reference to uh to almost famous Boom. the quote was originally coined by Led Zeppelin singer Robert Plant. Okay. Oh, nice. I do definitely see the Lord of the Flies metaphor because being a werewolf could definitely be the conch shell. Yeah, I guess cuz the Lord of the Flies is about the reason I why I don't think it works for me even though I do see the conch shell thing is okay so brian's whole thing is that he doesn't want to be picky anymore he wants to be ralph um that's what i didn't understand okay so picky well i I mean i i understand like the lord of the flies dynamic right well i guess i guess the thing is brian was misdirected in not wanting to be piggy yeah so Brian is, I guess, the shorter and therefore less attractive of <laughs> like the two guys. He's he is the Justin Long looking one. Um, he's nerdy. He's introverted. He's obsessed with making this movie. That's how the whole found footage thing starts. Is he's just going to film everything in his life until he um until he comes up with a movie idea yeah until Mm -hmm. until he comes across a movie idea and this in this episode really stretches the believability of the found footage aspect of this because when i say and again this is why i'm like this was meant to be a parody um when i say he films everything in his life it's everything he third wheels on kate and michael hard is always with them yeah and then they also carry around cameras everywhere in moments that feel completely insane to have cameras in like and they're not looking for this i mean they're helping out brian but they're not like as invested like kate's a fucking law student 
Mm. Or, you know, going to be a law student. Yeah. I think she's, it's, they're undergrads, but... Like, only one-third of this tricycle, like, has any film school or film class training. Yeah. And it's kind of unbelievable that Katie... Well, we're, all, we're suspending our disbelief kind of thin for a lot. And I'm not saying, like... I'm just saying, if I was going to cut together something like that, I don't think it would look that good. Well, Katie, I mean, yeah, fair. And But Katie is definitely, I mean, she, one of the things that first, it's you know. the camera. She's like, she she comments on how the, the settings, all right, I got you. Right, yeah. She she knows more about the camera than Michael does. Um, and that's how Michael and her and Brian meet through, again, one of those scenes that I'm like, who the fuck talks like this? Um, so they actually meet because Michael films her without her permission in, like, a cafe. And Katie's like, hey, were you just... It's like, she calls him out on that. And Michael's like, yeah... That was a real d bag move of me. I'm sorry. And she's like, no, I was actually kind of into it. <laughs> I love it when my privacy is violated in that way. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, who the fuck wrote this? Robbie Thompson? Okay, this is all coming together. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but it, the Lord of the Fri Flies thing doesn't work in the Piggy and Ralph thing for me anyways, because Lord of the Flies is not an alpha and beta like males. Well, I guess it kind of is. Maybe I don't know what yeah, the fuck but I'm it's, talking about. I, no, I, Maybe I, I I'm on your track too, yeah. because yeah. I did not like the Lord of the Flies metaphors. Mm. Um, just, oh, no, it's like, real loose at best. Yeah. yeah. To me, it feels like Lord of the, like, Lord of the Flies is about, okay, you can take, you know, the most, it's a very, it, it was written by William Golding in 1954, and it has some William Golding thoughts, right? Yeah. Basically, you can take the most civilized, heavy quotations around that, like, best bred young men, put them in a situation where they will have to um like they'll lose everything right yeah. end up on an island or whatever and they will lose their minds essentially um mm -hmm. and i just didn't really see that in this episode yeah it was real loose it was like it <laughs> So like the, I think the thing about it was, no one was paying attention to the lecture. <laughs> so yeah, it was like uh, because I feel like there was even that scene where when Brian was talking to the professor and he was like, "I don't want to be piggy," and the professor was like, "What the fuck, dude? What the I, fuck are you talking about?" Oh my god, what would have <laughs> saved the episode for me is if the professor was like, "I." have no idea what this is about this doesn't yeah. make any sense to me it was like all the characters only read half of lord of the, the flies yeah they read the yeah. spark notes version yeah yeah um lord of the flies it's it's a book for sure it definitely it is. is a novel that we all had to read in high school 
I don't. Yep. I think I skipped reading it and just read the cliff notes for like tests and shit. Okay, this is why you like the Lord of the Flies metaphor in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Probably. I, I was just, yeah, I'm just, this, I'm just I, with you. I was just yes. Lord of the. Lord of the Flies was one of those books that I liked in high school, and then when I read it again years later, I was just like, eh. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's good when you're a kid, and then anything past that, it's like, ah, no. Um, well, one of the big reasons why I didn't enjoy this episode, though, is that everything that makes even other bad episodes of Supernatural enjoyable, the fact that J-Pad and Jensen Ackles are charismatic actors... The jokes, the witty, like, snappy dialogue, you know, the strangeness, all of that is not here. Yeah, because they're barely in the goddamn episode. They're barely in the episode. And then Kate, Michael, and Brian have the flattest personalities. Like, there's no jokes. There's no... It's way too serious. Yeah. It's way too... I think... I would also go and say they're just not super likable characters to follow. Like there was yeah. definitely a way to make these characters enjoyable, but I, I honestly think they were so committed to doing this like hilarious parody of found footage movies that they just dr- they drank the cool they drank too much of the Kool Aid and got too far fucking in. Yeah. Because yeah, they went full Serpico. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. <sighs> so. This episode was written by Robbie Thompson, mm-hmm. who I feel like has a grand old time stuffing as many references to media as he can in an episode. Yeah. Like, the plot to an episode for Robbie Thompson is secondary to all of the references he can jam in. So I'm looking at the wiki right now uh, mm-hmm. on Supernatural Wiki, and we've got references to Blair Witch, Chronicle, um, Ghost Facers, uh, Christopher Nolan, Last Year in Marinbad, Mar- Marinbad, uh, Brokeback Mountain, Friday Night Lights, uh, Starsky and Hutch, and Rizzoli and Isles, uh, Guns N' Roses, um, X-Files, we did not uh, Blair need- Witch again, Almost Famous, Interview with a Vampire, Lord of the Flies, and possibly Doctor Who. And there is a poster for Coven. And I am exhausted. Yeah, we didn't need a third of those. Yeah. Um, What really I actually uh, was about to say, the found footage movie that this episode reminds me the most of is actually Chronicle, which is about a group of friends um, going into the like this cave one night, stumbling across alien technology, and they all get the power of like uh, levitation and flight, and you know basically like anything you'd imagine to do with that. And one of them is corrupted by this power, and he ends up dying. And it ends with an incredibly like sticky schmaltzy ending that is not earned in any way. This was the other thing that a big thing that I wanted to complain about that ending. So it ends with Kate cutting Brian's footage together and leaving a note for Sam and Dean. And it, it, uh, Ben already mentioned basically being like, please don't, you know, come after me. I will go ahead and 
I will eat animal hearts. I will not kill anybody. I've never hurt anyone in my life, blah, blah, blah. That I don't have a problem. But she cuts in uh, Brian, Michael, and her, like, where do you expect to be in five years? And it's supposed to be this, like, super emotionally Mm -hmm. charged moment. And it probably would have been if I gave a single solitary shit about any of them. Because their lives have been ruined by this. And they weren't... Well, Brian and Michael kind of sucked. But Kate was, you know, fine. She was boring, but she was fine. She wanted to be, like, an environmental lawyer. And, you know, had a Karen haircut before that was really a thing. Um, Yeah. Brian and Michael could have... I mean, the entire time, I was just like, y'all can eat just straight-up dicks. Like, there's... There is not a whole lot of value from you. I do not enjoy y'all. It was not a great value. I think the... Okay, so they filmed Kate in the beginning, which was super creepy. Um, And then they also, like, like filmed uh, the bully Scott and his girlfriend making out. Like, getting really hot and heavy. That was weird. That was weird. That was really weird. And, like, I don't know. There's also just something extra douchebaggy about Brian being like, I'm searching for my film. I'm searching for my movie. Motherfucker, you were yeah. making home videos. Sit down. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that, sh- that shit is hard work. <sighs> um. So, yeah, I just... And, and that, to me, was the biggest issue I had with the episode, is that we didn't follow Sam and Dean, the characters I actually, you know, give... A shit about yeah one of we my follow these was, three yokels yeah one of my notes was the show needs to stop putting sam and dean in the back seat yes like, yeah yes well if if you're gonna do something like that you gotta do it to where the characters you are following are actually likable and you care about them like yeah uh i recently rewatched H bomber guy's video on Sherlock mm-hmm. and in it he talks about the Stephen Moffat episodes that of Doctor Who that he wrote before he was showrunner mm-hmm. episodes like The Empty Child and Blink and those are all episodes that where the doctor takes a back seat in the episode uh, and it- but Supernatural like hasn't figured that out yeah i will the episode the supernatural episode that this reminded me most of was ghost facers it's also you know got a found footage aspect it also has characters that kind of like not really take the lead sam and dean are still a pretty big part of the episode definitely more than they were here um but it was funny yeah, was, see, that's it, the thing. Ghost Facers was hilarious. It was also a parody that worked because it was being mm-hmm. a parody of ghost shows. And the reason why we knew it was an effective parody is that all actual ghost shows are fake because ghosts aren't real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, I mean, it, it was hilarious. Like, you know, and it also had some touching moments, and, yeah. but you actually, the characters were actually interesting, so you kind of gave a shit. Even though the two main ghost facers 
are kind of douchebags, just like Brian and Michael are. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you still want them to live because they're so hilarious. They're hilarious and they're likable. There yeah. are good jokes in the Ghost Facers in the yes. two episodes with those guys. And was there a time you even chortled, chuckled, snorted even in this episode? In uh, this episode? Not a yeah. single time, no. Yeah, none. There was the jokes were uh, out of the room. Robbie Thompson, you forgot the jokes. Yeah, yeah. And like and the, he left all of the jokes in "Girl with the Dungeons and Dragons Tattoo." He forgot all of his jokes in that episode. He left them there, and he forgot them in this episode. Yeah, he forgot how to do jokes. Bring him back, Robbie. Come on, Br- bring bring him back again, because yep. that's kind of like. A big part of Supernatural is the fact that it's a it's a comedy, like it's a supernatural comedy horror drama yeah. procedural thing, procedural it crime could, thing. This didn't even feel like a horror type deal. Like found footage horror is exactly that. It's found footage horror films. This is mm-hmm. just found footage drama. Yeah, was literally all yeah. this was. And I've already mentioned it, but this really does stretch the believability on, like, how many people can carry a camera and film their own lives at once. Which, again, (laughs) I mentioned earlier, that's one of the things that makes me think it's supposed to be a parody. Because I think the the scene that was most, like, annoying to me is... Okay, so... It's Michael and Kate's, like, it's our six-month anniversary, and Michael plays for her the song that was playing when they first met, and then immediately after that, Michael and Brian have to go off to test, like, some camera footage shit, and Kate, okay, Michael is holding a camera. Kate is holding a camera. They are both filming each other having this conversation. And in the conversation, they talk about how Brian doesn't have any friends. I was just like... (laughs) He has more cameras than friends. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is not... You know know what this was a satire of? It was a satire of YouTube vlogger collabs. Yes. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) Because they're all just pointing cameras at each other. But they're all pointing cameras at each other. Yes. See, for a minute, I was like, okay, this is believable if they have one throwaway line about how Brian is planning on becoming, like, a vlogger. But that never happened, so it was insane. And it, okay... The problem, the reason why it is not effective parody or satire of found footage is because that's shit that found footage does. Like, they're just making found footage again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it just, no, it did not. Like, Christopher Guest really perfected the mockumentary, and then society took it too far, and uh, this is what we have now. This is what we're left with. Are you yeah. are you grateful, humanity? <laughs> that would have been way better if they did Christopher Guest or fucking Parks and Rec-style interviews. Yes. You know? I would, I would kill for, like, Sam and Dean go to a haunted office building. <laughs> and uh oh the cast of the office is there or whatever the fuck yeah. <laughs> that, that'd be great shit 
Okay, we got to talk about Sam's hair because it's uh, gotten out of control. It really has. It's got a mind of its own. Is this the longest that Sam's hair gets? No. It's the longest it's been so far. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I know it gets pretty damn long. It seems like it's getting there. This is peak Sam hair, or not peak Sam hair. This is not peak Sam hair. Um, uh, peak Sam hair won't happen for another couple of seasons, but this Sam oh, hair man, is pretty say, Sam peak hair. Peak Sam hair was season two. Mm. Oh, no. That was the worst. <laughs> Least favorite Sam hair is season two Sam hair. Um, but yeah, it is long. He's got like a hint of sideburns, which he did last season. It is conditioned. Mm -hmm. Those ends are looking neat. Um, it's the sammiest hair that Sam's had so far, but it won't be the sammiest hair that he, that he gets. So, yeah. Eventually, Travis, I think you'll be able to differentiate between seasons based on Sam Harlow. Yeah, you'll get Oh, there. absolutely. Yeah. I already knew that that was a thing. Yeah. Like, you can tell what season it is just by looking at Sam's hair. You really can. Like, I feel like at this point I should be able to show you a still, and you should be able to be like, okay, I, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. Flashcards, yeah. Yeah, right. We're going to test Travis on this later. Oh, man. I got to talk about the user reviews real quick. I don't know if you've taken a peek at those, but there's 41 of them, which is pretty, oh, which is a lot for the show. A, that's a lot. Yeah. And this, while there are some 10 out of 10 reviews, is not a well-received episode. Really? Let Can I please read to you my favorite review? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. This the reason why this is my favorite is because this is essentially an episode of Habcast condensed. This is this is if you want to listen to our show, all you have to do is read this review. There, okay. put us out of a job. Okay, one out of ten stars. Craptastic. <laughs> listen, writers of Supernatural, <laughs> your show has the winning elements: humor, good-looking guys. Sam needs a haircut, though. Rock and roll and kicking bad guy butts. When you have the winning formula, stop experimenting. Seriously, the number one rule of television is don't ever involve angels or higher power nonsense. Never stop being funny. <laughs> Excessive whining Sam, blah, I want a normal life, blah, blah, and typical body stature alien deal is pretty lame while we're at it. Pros about Bitten episode. No whining from Sam and, and or slash Dean. Attempting at hu uh, attempted humor. No angels or aliens. Thank God. Cons. Boring as bat poop. <laughs> Blair Witch held Cam style. Is so cheap and the acting seemed like crap. No Sam and Dean. Seriously, writers of Supernatural, do some scary different monster episodes where Sam and Dean joke around, get hurt, sweat a little, maybe get some lady action, and loud rock music plays in the background. I could watch episode after episode of that. Never mention angels or Catholic God again unless you're doing a fun exorcism. <laughs> I'm with this person. If the Supernatural was yeah, God, I've got that. Uh, this was written. This review was written in 2012. I have bad news for yeah. Christus 27. Yeah. They do. They do mention angels again more than once. Um, 
you guys have a good thing going and don't need to have too much of a twist finale where either Sam or Dean dies, the leftover brother gets sad, and the dead brother is miraculously brought back. Done to death, make fun of things, be ironic, don't stop the lulls, and please don't do Cam Held Crapola again. This, we should have them as a guest on our show. I feel like this something, is amazing. Something about the way this is written mm-hmm. makes me feel deep in my heart that this was written by a Mormon. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I, I also I gave this review a thumbs up. Okay. Good. <laughs> um. Oh, another good review. The fuck was that? <laughs> It's a fire. That's a bomb ass review right there. Supernatural is the best part of my week. I keep checking the date, not so I can see how far how far the end of the week is, but how far Supernatural is. It's like being promised candy than getting a bowl of uncooked vegetables. Even if I liked this sort of teen Blair Rich Project soft three year old horror kind of thing, the script doesn't even make any sense. The chick is more of a buddy to the big guy than the skinny kid. How? You can't be best friends with someone who secretly hates you. Also, the skinny one seems to be an expert hacker. What about the video of the dude that died? Big guy eats his heart and run home. Who got the camera? All in all, thanks for ruining my night. I hope the creators have the next thing they look forward to ruined just as much. <laughs> okay, I did not read that review completely. I hope the creators have the next thing they look forward to. Dude, ruined just as much. I'm putting that on my tombstone. <laughs> That's amazing. This person, I love. Hug. I love people who write IMDb reviews. Oh God. Yeah. So here, um, to be fair, I'm going to write. I'm going to read a good review of this episode. Okay. This is a ten out of ten. One. Oh, um, actually, I'm going to read this nine out of ten one. Title: If a friend asks me dot 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 to recommend episodes of Supernatural to give them a t- taste, this might be at the top of the list. When we get a Monster of the Week episode, we usually get the old bitch and moan expositional stuff at the end, usually with the boys standing by the car, probably on some pier somewhere with sunset, a moody like. <laughs> This time, there wasn't any of that, and I didn't miss it. Last week's episode was poor, and the overarching mythology has been pretty poor for years now. It's standalone episodes like this that have kept the show going this long. I'm stunned that there are so many other reviews giving low stores. And more generally, I'm a little saddened that TV is well and truly stuck in the serial soap model. Back in the day, you could pick up an episode of Star Trek or The Exiles from anywhere within their multiple year runs and simply sit back and enjoy without needing to know uh, where you were in the plot. This episode's writer was brave, and the producers were brave for letting it happen, and in my mind at least, it paid off. It seems that it was a hard fight because the episode's writing was honed to a shine. Probably as the writer had to be had to try to persuade everyone that this was a good idea by polishing and polishing. I really hope they take more risks with uh, so many fans of the show preferring to. Uh, oh wait, sorry. I really hope they take more risks. But with so many fans of the show preferring to be spoon fed the rubbish we've been seeing far too much over the last few seasons, I regret that I probably shouldn't hold my breath. 
If you ha- uh, had one hand on a pile of all the Supernatural Monster of the Week episodes without the five minutes of each end where the brothers fight and hug, and in the other hand, you had all the mythology and could choose one for your desert island, which would you pick? <laughs> well, Ben and Travis, you have one hand on a pile of the- all the Supernatural Monster of the Week episodes without the five minutes of the end where they talk about our feelings and hug and shit. And then in the other hand, you have all the mythology episodes and you're about to go to a desert island and could only bring one which 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 group of episodes do you bring riddle me that oh god that is such a hard fucking question it, it is it really is and the answer is uh neither i instead bring the x-files with me yeah, yeah. i'm gonna bring yeah. buffy the vampire slayer that's that's my answer that honestly those two reviews that you just read that you're right. That is what listening to our show is like. <laughs> it really is. All of these reviews. First of all, I love IMDb reviews. This is this is fucking great. If any of these people ever want to be on our show, that is a- absolutely yes. Hey, if you've left an IMDb review of Supernatural, send us the review. We will absolutely read it on the show. And what is more, we will have you come be a guest. Please, <laughs> please come be on our show. That's this is amazing. I um yeah, <laughs> I love IMDb so much. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, what else about this episode? Uh, we want to talk about. Uh oh, god. Um. I did like so I did like when we didn't know it was werewolf. I mean mm. like it was pretty obviously that it was it was pretty obvious that it was a werewolf uh after like the first thing, but when it was the kids trying to figure out what was up, like why is uh, Brian, or no, why is Michael so, like, strong all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, something real quick I wanted to mention is, um, because you saying that reminded me, so the title of this episode is Bitten. Um, kind of a spoilery title? Like it's either going to be vampires it is or werewolves. A bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you know what? You're right. I mean, I mean every the, found footage film has a really spoilery title, and I think that's what they were going for. Really, Chronicle has a really spoilery title. Cloverfield, if you match it with like the trailer, kind of fucking Blair Witch Project, uh, fucking Blair Witch Project Two, uh, VHS. I don't know. A lot of them are on the nose is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Devil Inside. I just, um... This episode and then last week's episode, Heartache, the episode titles just seemed very similar to me. Both have to do with hearts. I don't know. It's probably... I mean, obviously, the first two episodes of the season where we talk about Kevin and What's Up, Tiger Mommy. So, not like a huge deal by any stretch of the imagination but it's just interesting yeah i i did go into this thinking it was going to be vampires was like 
kind of glad it was werewolves instead, but then it's also yeah. like, you're right, what else could it have been? Right. A new like, monster. It's not going to be, yeah, it's not going to be fucking uh, anything else. Just <laughs> anything once, else. I want to see an episode of Supernatural that's like, um, actually, I'm a Rougarou, and I just have a really weird biting kink, yeah. and uh, uh, yeah. that's why I've been... <laughs> Warriors eat people, so that would have been appropriate. Also, vampires or werewolves, so werewolf adjacent, if you will. Anything else? Any uh, final thoughts, calms, questions, hopes, dreams, wishes, judgments? The whole, the whole episode was the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I think if I had to. Listener, if you have been listening to this episode and you just aren't get where you just don't get where we're coming from, it's okay. You can love this episode. I don't I support you in your decision to love this episode of Supernatural. But if you want to watch a scene that just encapsulates my mood on this, it's the scene where after Sam and Dean watch the whole found footage movie which is, you know, like 30 minutes of their life. They're never getting back, but whatever. Dean just kind of is like, mm-hmm. That's it. That's, that's, that encapsulates the whole episode to me. Is like yeah. Jensen Ackles really trying to force that emotion yeah. and, and just, uh, hmm. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so... I, I do have a question. Was the professor a goddamn alpha? No, he was a pure blood werewolf. Oh yeah, sorry, even earlier. Um, some of these werewolf attacks happen on uh, not full moon nights, and the werewolves in question keep their like wits about them, like they know what they're doing, and it's because they're pure blood werewolves. So. He, so it's not an alpha. Just they're just purebred. Yeah, they explain it a couple, uh, in a, and they explain it in one of the scenes where Sam and Dean are getting, um, you know, burgers. Burgers. Um, it's like it's a couple generations down from an alpha, so it's like the bloodline is really pure. Mm. Yeah. Okay. They make a joke about them having their papers, you know. So. Oh yeah, that's right. Is there a werewolf with a pedigree? Yes. Yeah. I think was the last werewolf episode the one in season six. Yes. Yeah, I don't think there were any werewolf episodes last season. Yeah. No. I just re- <clears throat> I just remember that last. Uh, I guess it was werewolf. I don't remember what it was. It was like dog people. You know what? This could have been a cult episode. I'm just saying. You're going to keep saying that. <laughs> yeah. like, we're gonna... This episode could have been about a cult, okay? Look, you could say that about every episode. Yeah, Dead and I'm water, going to about every bugs, bad episode. Fucking. Like, instead of being, you know, about a... Mm. guy taking children's fears and doing a weird ritual so that it kills their deadbeat parents it could have been a 
fucking cult. Could have been a fucking cult episode. I'm okay, man. Yeah. Instead of instead of Dean, you know, killing the throwing away character development and killing Amy, a mom just looking out for a kid. It could have been a fucking cult episode. We could have had that. Instead, we got red. this. Yeah, shit. It's poor shit. Uh, yeah. But Dean, in a move different from what he made at the beginning of last season, decides not to go after the werewolf girl and supports, you know, supports letting her go as long as she doesn't kill anybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, if I were Sam, I would have been like, oh, okay, so when it's, you know, some blonde we don't even know it's fine but i ask you to not kill one monster <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool 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 and this is great i'm gonna remember this and writes it down in a little like fuck dean book which i assume he has probably okay anyways yeah. um yeah all right well i say we go ahead and uh, wrap this bad boy up yeah all right. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, please check out our website, habcast.com, where you can find links to all of our social media. That is uh, hey, Habca- at Habcast on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Hey, Ask But a Supernatural podcast on uh, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, sorry. My mind is like, go fuck yourself, Ari. Okay, I will. <laughs> um <laughs> If you want to hear our other show, please check out our Patreon, where for $3 a month, you can get access to Let's Jack Ass, the show where we watch things about supernatural actors that are not supernatural. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Travis, the next episode is called Blood Brother. What's it about? Blood Brother. This one's going to be about a Papa Roach song. What you got, mm. Travis? <laughs> um... So, Sam, no. Dean, wait, hmm, who is it going to be? Bobby. (laughs) Neither of them. It's going to be another tertiary side character. Sam gets kidnapped by some mysterious... Sam gets kidnapped by some mysterious people. And uh, Dean has to track down... Uh, who is who is responsible? And uh, all the while, Sam is like chained down and he can't move. And um, these people are like basically taking blood out of him, like they're <gasps> taking his blood, and they're basically taking his blood and making like another little guy out of it. Travis, is this a cult episode? <laughs> It's whatever you want it to be. Are we finally getting a cult episode? <laughs> oh boy, I don't know if that's gonna happen, but we'll talk about it. If it does, we'll talk about it next week on Hey Ass Butt. Thank you guys yeah. so much for listening. Have fun! And don't die. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>